Welcome back everybody, it's December 20th, and uh, as you guys can guess, this is going to be kind of more of a Christmas special. Um, as Christmas is uh, coming on December 25th, I figured we can go into what we celebrate Christmas for, um, and just get right down to what scriptures say about it. So, we're going to go into pretty much everything that the scriptures say and how they uh, pertain to Jesus and how they pertain to his birth. So we're going to start off in the Old Testament. Um, as we understand, throughout the entire Old Testament, there's been many verses that lead to the, uh, the Jewish people believing for a Messiah. But Isaiah 7 is the one uh, scripture that really explains a lot of what will happen. So, Isaiah 7.14 says, there, uh, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. In, uh, in uh, Hebrew, Emmanuel means God with us. So um, when we when we continue to go in there, he goes, "Curds of honey he shall eat, and he shall know to refuse evil and choose good." Before the child shall know to refuse evil and choose good, the land you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. The Lord will bring the king of Assyria upon you, and your people and your father's house will not. Uh, in your father's house, days that have not come since Ephraim departed from Judah. So, when we understand Isaiah 7, the they're talking about the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. So we understand that this is uh, very similar to what Mary has stated, you know. Mary gave birth to Jesus and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And laid him in a manger. This we see this in Luke seven, uh, Luke two verse seven. Sorry. So when we go into it, we can uh, understand and we can go straight into this. Uh, Matthew two verse nine through ten. And when they heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them until it came to stood over where the young child was and then they saw a star they rejoiced with exceeding great joy as it continues uh, and when there were uh, when they were come into a house they saw the young child with the Mary's mother and fell down and worshipped him and they opened their treasures they presented him gifts gold and frankincense and myrrh uh, gifts that were usually given to kings these were the three wise men that have followed the star, and we will get more into them in a minute. Uh, in Luke 2, uh, verse 1 through 5, it says, And it come to pass in those days that there were a decree from Caesar Augustus that the world shall be taxed. Uh, and this tax was first made when Syrianus was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, and every one in his own city. And Joseph went up to Galilee, the city of Nazareth, into Judea, into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, which was, uh, which he was, 
of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife. As we understand that this was actually a census that was going around. As they continue, uh, Luke 2, verse 6 through 7 also states, and, that, and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, and she was brought forth um, her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. As it, we go further into there, Luke, and there was, uh, and there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came up upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were so, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said, uh, said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is the Christ the Lord and this shall be a sign unto you you shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes laying by a major and there was with an angel uh, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace good will toward men Luke uh, 2 15 through 16 and it shall come to pass as the angels were gone astray into uh, away from um, into heaven the shepherds laid, uh, said to one another let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing um, which is to come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When we understand, um, everything that is said in this um, we, we we know that throughout all of this this verse these verses that are paralleled in Matthew and Luke are all uh, in together of itself are paralleling each other in what the birth of the Messiah is in the gospel um, this all is reflected into Isaiah 7. Now we're going to go into the wise men real quickly because in Isaiah 7 it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. So, God is with us, or God with us, when we understand this. Emmanuel wasn't his name. It was a, a s symbolic reference of what Jesus is a part of, God being with us. We understand that Jesus is a part of God. God is a, you know, God gave part of himself into Mary so she could give birth. Now, what does behold 
the virgin shall conceive and bear a son mean? When we understand what the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, we're going to reference the wise men at this point. The wise men were known as uh, magi, or magi. Basically, these were um, people in the east of uh, Israel. And the people in the east of Israel are normally like, you know, I, you know people that are from Iraq or Iran. Uh, Iran. But in that time, you know, there, uh, Iran was Persia and Mesopotamia, so on, so on. Magi or Magi in um, Persia were basically like astronomers. They were people that would uh, look at the night sky. Now, there, it, it's been uh, symbolized of two major uh, like faiths that uh, appeared in um, Iran um, in ancient times. There was the ancient faith of Iran being um, the polytheistic faith of um, of the Mesopotamian gods like Enki and Enlil, which we do understand were uh, confirmed in Sumerian tablets of actually Abraham being a part of their um, nation in Ur. So when they were over there, Enki and Enlil and all them, that uh, the Sumerian tablets confirm about Abraham living there, we understand that Abraham wasn't just, you know, a part of that, that he was um, in a temple. But Abraham was different. Abraham was called by God to go somewhere else. And from somewhere else, he gave birth to, um, became the patriarch and gave birth to a nation that would succeed the stars in the sky. From Abraham came a lineage of the Jewish faith, and then through Moses came the law. And from all of this came, you know, King David eventually, and from King David came the lineage of Jesus. So, where does this all uh, turn about to be, right? Where is this all coming from? Well, when we understand that Jesus being the Messiah, he has to be in the lineage of David. And we understand that Joseph is in the part of the, uh, the lineage of David, as it was saying in the scripture. So, what we're going to end up going through right now is understanding what the Magi, or the, uh, the Magi, were seeing. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a child. Now, when we understand the virgin conceiving and bearing a child, we're looking at Mary being a virgin and having a child. But let's actually look at another verse in this, and we're understanding... The star of Bethlehem. When we understand there's a point in there where it's saying the, sh the, the shepherds were, um, the shepherds were, uh, looking over their flock, um, 
witness and awe the shepherds in the plains of Judea. Um, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding by the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. So let's uh, let's reference um, what is Israel like during winter? Well. Israel is actually quite cold, with temperatures ranging to 10 to 15 degrees Celsius. Um, so 10 to 15 degrees Celsius is typically like uh, 59 Fahrenheit, which doesn't seem that bad over here. You know, where I live, 59 degrees Fahrenheit is t-shirt weather. But when... Um, we understand that you know this is kind of cold for them being in a very you know deserty area and hot climates we go in and we understand that in, in specific weather and stuff they're not gonna uh, be out in the fields you know and why wouldn't they be out in the field at that time? Well, because there could be rain, there could be, you know, anything, you know, cold weather. It's you just usually not, you know, where the shepherds would want to be in December. So, December isn't exactly the, the perfect time that the shepherds would be laying out in the field. And when we reference what, what it's like, um, well, when we reference the Star of Bethlehem at the time, around 2 to 3 BC, right? The supposed birth of the Messiah's time frame, right? We understand that if the star of Bethlehem was there, it would be around in the in the lunar cycle, it would be around the time period of give or take around um, August or September. I, I would I would probably put it more into around the September period, but you know August could be around that same time. When we understand that, we go into um, why that is so important. Well, the the Persians at the time and uh, being Mesopotamians and stuff like that, they were very very acknowledging of the stars they were astronomers they would look into it and what do we see in august around the end of august to the end of september around that time frame is exactly when um the virgo constellation would be appearing now the star of bethlehem is showing that that there's going to be um, essentially like they a virgin shall conceive and bear a child. When we look at Bethlehem and the star of Bethlehem, we understand that in the Persians, the way that they re referenced the ast astronomy or astrology, they would look into the stars and they would see that Jupiter, in their faith and everything that they would look at, was the king of planets, right? So the virgin shall conceive and bear a, a child. In Jupiter, 
was going to coexist and uh, basically go into a rotation that was going to go through the constellation of Vir uh, Virgo, being the Virgin constellation. And as it comes out, there we go, we have the Star of Bethlehem. And that is where we know that they were going to start searching for their Messiah. Now, for them doing that, these people were, again, looking at the stars, and they were studying it. They are studying how it would pass over. Um, so, when we see that the Virgin will conceive and bear a child in a constellation and through Mary, we understand that there's going to be... God is working in a way that is going to symbolize everything. Now, why does Persia and Mesopotamia have anything to do with this? Well, the wise men come from the east, which is around Mesopotamia. Abraham was called from Mesopotamia. Mesopotamia being, you know, where er, uh, Eridu and Ur is. When uh, Abraham was called from Ur to come over, becomes the patriarch. And from Abraham comes the lineage of the, uh, the Jewish people, and from Abraham comes the lineage of Jesus. When we understand the lineage of Jesus is coming from Abraham, right, being the Abrahamic faith, we know that Jesus is part of that area. And Ur, if you actually can trace it back to its ancient timeline, it was actually part of uh, Samaria. So, Abraham was called from Samaria. He rejected everything that he believed or everything that was in that faith, in that area, to come and follow God. God is the one who called him there. So, when he followed God and decided to understand and listen to him, and all of this transpired to be true, right? What we do see is that Jesus, the original lineage of the people from that area, were stargazers. So their people might have a prophecy that their Savior would be born. Especially if they were worshipping a true God in that area, you know? Now, do we know that they were worshipping the true God or not? No. But... There was two faiths at the time. There was Zoroastrianism, which was a monotheistic faith, and then there was the Enki and Enlil polytheistic Mesopotamian faith. So those two in there were it would explain. Now, I'm not putting Zoroastrianism in the same category as Christianity. However, Zoroastrianism does say that their god did have a son. And was the light of the world, which is why that they would worship fire. Now, them being fire worshippers and idolaters in that sense wasn't right. And that's why I can't attribute their belief to Christianity or to Judaism. But what I can say is that whatever they believed over there, the star is the one that led them to Jesus. The constellation led them to Jesus. So, not only did the scriptures 
influence what they were saying, but the scripture both give you a astrological and a physical nature to uh, the Messiah being born. God was literally telling everybody in the world the Messiah is born. My son is being born today. And he put it in the constellation. So, why is this important? So, when we understand what was happening, in the book of Zechariah, it says, um, basically that there will be a time when people from all nations will go up year after year to worship the king, the Lord Almighty, and to celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Zechariah was a very interesting book and actually explained a lot of the Gentiles going to the Jewish people. The Feast of Tabernacles, um, also called the Feast of Booths, is um, in some translations uh, of biblical holidays uh, described in Leviticus 23. Um, uh, they also uh, would reference it as... Um, Sukkah, a Sukkot. Um, Sukkah is basically um, kind of like a uh, makeshift sh uh, shade for the sun. And um, they used it a lot like during the harvest season, um, during late summer. And um, what really makes it important is that uh, when the ancient Israelites emerged from Egypt and they left their houses, they would not um, they would not even have time to pitch tents to protect themselves. So they would gather whatever they could to keep the sun off their heads. And um, Sukkah uh, is basically a symbol of both harvest and uh, sojourning. So, when we understand, uh, the people speak of Israel saying, On the fifteenth day of the seventh month, for seven days, um, is the Feast of Booths, Sakat, to serve the Lord. This is in Leviticus. Um, as we continue on there, uh, on the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when you have gathered and produced, um gathered in the produce of the land you shall celebrate the feast of the lord seven days and on the first seven on the first day shall be a solemn rest on the eighth day shall be a solemn rest and you shall take the first day of fruit of the splendid trees branches of the palm trees and boughs of the leafy trees and willows of the brook and you shall rejoice before the lord your god seven days and you shall celebrate it as a feast of the lord a feast to the lord for seven days in the year it is a statute forever throughout your generations that you shall celebrate it in the seventh month you shall dwell in the booth sakat for seven days all native israelites shall dwell in the booths that you may that your generations may know that i have made people of israel dwell in booths when i brought them out of the land of egypt i am the lord your god leviticus 23:39-43 so to basically summarize it all uh, basically, Sukkah or Sukkot is a happy seven-day holiday. 
It starts on the 15th day of the seventh month. It is connected to the harvest, and the first of the eight days are the days of rest. So, one should rejoice using four kinds of plants. It is an ever everlasting commandment. Jewish people in Israel are commanded to dwell in Sukkah for seven days, and it is a commemoration, uh, or um, basically, it's an honor to uh, the exodus from Egypt. Now, why is this also important? Well, the Feast of Tabernacles, for example, when we understand that's the 15th day, and it lasts for 8 days, so we go 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, right? So we go to 23, this is where it gets interesting. Now, August 23rd to December, uh, to, um, August 23rd to September 23rd is the sign of Virgo, the Virgin Month, or the Virgin Constellation, where when Jupiter, the king of the planets, ends up going into the rotation, it creates the Star of Bethlehem. When the Star of Bethlehem hits, that is exactly where the wise men came. What we're understanding now is that the birth of Jesus wasn't in December 25th. And this is where we're understanding the birth of the Messiah. Um, so why is this even an important thing to, to go over? Well, during the Feast of Tabernacles and the booths, it is supposed, uh, supposed by many that, our, the, that Jesus was born around the time of this Jewish holiday. And... Among uh, among us, John 1, 1 said he uh, dwelt in booths and worshipped uh, the God under the New Testament and prophesied under the notion of keeping the Feast of Tabernacles, uh, Zechariah 14, 16. Um, the Gospel of Christ teaches us to dwell in the tabernacles and to sit loose in this world that we will have, um, that we will have here no continuing city, but by faith and hope, uh, and holy contempt in, of present things. Uh, to go to, to go out to Christ without the camp in Hebrews 13, uh, 13 through 14, it teaches us to rejoice before the Lord, uh, our God, that there are circumcision, uh, uh, those that are in circumcision, Israelites indeed, that always rejoice in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3 verse 3, there are more we are taken off from this world are less liable and we are to the interruption of our joys. So the Bible doesn't specifically say the date of Jesus, but what we understand from our history and from our lineage and from everything that happens throughout the Bible is they actually tell us when he was born it's just hidden in there. You got to find it. You got to search for it. And when we understand searching for it, what we do conceive and what we do understand is that he is the light of this world. And December uh, is celebrated by the Jews, which is celebrated as Hanukkah, which 
again, the light of the world conceived on the festival of lights. Um, so Jesus was conceived in, around December 25th. So when we understand if he was conceived around that time, his birth would be closer to August or September. Eight to nine months later. It's all making sense now, isn't it? It all came down to Constantine. When Constantine took over and legalized Christianity, he put it in December 25th to appease both pagans and Christians to understand that if we both celebrate the same day, then what will happen is the if one of them is celebrating paganism and the other one is celebrating uh, Christmas, then what they're not going to do is they're not going to clash. Right? But while they're doing that and everybody is you know doing that we also have to understand that in ezekiel 8 it says that there's going to be many people to come and worship tammuz and who is tammuz well he is the mesopotamian deity the sun or what they believe to be sometimes the reincarnation of nimrod and what we do understand with tammuz is Tammuz was born on December 25th as well, which, again, um, was part of the Akkadian Empire. The Akkadians have been said that Samaritus exiled her son, and her son ended up going over to where Rome would be today, and he started his settlement there. That is another story and another piece of history that people can look up for themselves and believe if they wish. But from scripture and from understanding the birth of our Messiah, we understand his true date of birth now. But this isn't to hinder anybody from worshiping God and, his, and Jesus on, you know, his conception. Celebrate him being conceived on December 25th. Because... Even though we don't have an exact day, we understand that now, when he was born to when he was conceived, and his conception should be celebrated just as much as his actual day of birth. God bless you all, and I hope this has been memorable for you. Have a great Christmas.